Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Creation Innovation. Today we have Veronica Rotman. She is an expert in somatic nervous system healing for trauma resolution. She is a founder of Waking Womb, a practice that's dedicated to trauma resolution through somatics. Her area of specialty is the female nervous system, women's trauma, pelvic health and embodiment, somatic attachment and boundary ruptures. And Veronica has held space for thousands of women internationally through her virtual offerings and retreats. Thank you for being here, Veronica. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. It's my pleasure. So for anybody who's listening, who has no idea what I just said, can you fill them in on what that even means? Yes, and how did you get into this? And what are the qualifications for that? Is, is this a like a psychology type situation? Is it more shaman, like a mix of both? Let us know what this is all about. Yeah. So in my certification to be a space holder for the healing of trauma and the nervous system, I completed a three-year program. Uh, called Somatic Experiencing, created by Dr. Peter Levine. And I also have a background that spans back 15 years in body-based healing. So I started with yoga straight out of college, became a yoga teacher. Uh, I've also been a doula for about 13 years. So I've attended births all throughout Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago for Yeah, a while now I've slowed down on that work because somatics is really, you know, expanded for me. And yeah, I'm also trained in Reiki at the master level, holistic pelvic care. Um, So kind of like a fusion and a weaving together, right, of a lot of different practices. But Mm -hmm. my main focus is, yeah, trauma resolution through the body, through the nervous system. And my... Yeah, specialty is is women, is women's rites of passage. Um, and yeah, somatics, if we break it down, that root word soma means body. So somatics is this umbrella term that is anything that we, any modality that centers the body in healing, right? So even like yoga is somatic, Reiki, um, any any practice that we're we're centering the body in, uh, what makes somatic experiencing different underneath that umbrella, and what makes it highly effective, is that we're working directly with where trauma and dysregulation exists, which is in the nervous system. So, looking at things like the polyvagal theory created by Dr. Stephen Porges, like that is a a really essential part to to this work as well. And what um, is that? Yeah. So the polyvagal theory was created by Dr. Stephen Porges, as I said, in the 90s. So not that long ago. Um, I might be dating myself with that. (laughs) 
But um, yeah, he discovered, created, founded the polyvagal theory, which is a theory, a lens on the nervous system that isn't just this binary. So in high school biology, right, we were probably taught that there's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And sympathetic is when you're stressed, it's fight or flight. And then parasympathetic is like, when you're chilling, when you're resting and digesting. And actually, it's not so simple. It's much more dynamic and multidimensional. So sympathetic is necessary. It's upregulation. It's let's mobilize. Let's get stuff done. Let's set boundaries and take up space through the fight response. It's under threat that it turns into more stress and anxiety. Now, parasympathetic, yes, it's relaxation, it's recalibration and rest and digest, but under threat, it's also the freeze response. It's immobilization, it's anxiety, it's I can't get off the couch because, yeah, I'm disconnected, right? So I could go on and on, but it's the polyvagal theory because, you know, poly meaning many. And then vagal referring to the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body. It's your 10th cranial nerve. And it's the epicenter of nervous system regulation. So it's sort of looking at the many facets, right, of the nervous system through through these different states. Yeah. Awesome. And obviously what we talk about all the time is how we need to regulate the nervous system in order for our fertility and our reproductive system to be optimized to function the way that we hope it to be. And I know you mentioned that that is part of it with this kind of womb healing. And we also talk about that a lot in the fact that it may not be your trauma necessarily, but maybe it's somebody in your lineage that has had trauma that's come before you, which I know for some may be, oh my gosh, that's a little bit out there to talk about, but I've seen so many situations and stories where we've done these womb healings where it really has opened up so much where they didn't even recognize that it wasn't theirs prior. They thought the reason that they weren't conceiving was because something was wrong with them, or they thought that what they had, they hadn't worked through the trauma they had, they hadn't worked through enough. But in reality, it was not theirs, it was their grandmother's or the husband's mother or something of that nature. Do you get into that sort of like lineage type womb healing as well? Absolutely. I really feel like um, actually it's one of the reasons I was called to do this work without me knowing it. Uh, my grandmother died of ovarian cancer. So my mom's mom and this is something that shows up in different ways and different symptoms through our lineage. And I have a strong relationship with her, even though I haven't met her. So I can get down with all the woo. Uh, since I was in high school in, in biology, actually, I've really felt like I, I've always seen that the science only only proved to me that the spiritual was real. Like I really see them as weaved together and I have since high school. Um, so I like to be kind of like a bridge for seeing that what we know through epigenetics, which shows that we very much inherit 
inherit the unresolved trauma from our lineage, but also the positive qualities, right? It's both. And uh, how we live our lives makes it so that we can rewire whatever was passed down to us while also really harnessing the positive qualities, the power that was passed down to us as well. And what does that process look like when you're working with somebody to go through that healing? Yeah. So the really beautiful part of somatics, if if you ask me, is that we don't have to know what happened. We have a very, you know, we're adhered to this idea that we have to understand what happened in order to heal it. But what we now know through the nervous system is that our body holds what our brain cannot, meaning there's implicit memory stored in our body, in our autonomic nervous system from what happened before us and what happened in our own lifetimes, right? So we have explicit memory, which is our ability to recall the details of particular events. This happened, then this happened, then that happened. And then the implicit memory is the embodied memory of what happened that we may not have words for or an understanding of, but we feel it. And so in sessions, I'm helping people to be with the language, the stories of their nervous system, which is sensation and emotion and images and these pre-verbal, pre-cognitive experiences that actually drive the vast majority of our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, our choices, it's not the other way around. It's very much being human is a bottom up process. <laughs> it's so interesting because I remember when I learned many years ago that somebody who may have been sexually assaulted and somebody who felt like they were, but actually were not physically, the same things were happening in their body. So the same things in their brain were firing, the same emotions were going through their body. So it didn't physically need to happen, but the idea of it happening or the anticipation that it was happening still felt as real to that person as it did to this, this the one that actually was physically abused or assaulted or however you wanna say it, which I think gives context to a lot of people to understand like, oh, that's why when I was a kid and I didn't feel safe around this person, they didn't really do anything, but I didn't feel good about it, right? It's the same feeling. Now, of course, not to diminish anybody who's gone through something physical because that is so traumatizing and so real and whatever, but just to also give validation to somebody who may be in somewhere where they just didn't feel comfortable with somebody or they were made to think about things that they didn't wanna think about or whatever it may be. And how that your body, as you're saying, keeps that memory based on the feeling, even though you can't really articulate and or make it see, you can't run home and say to somebody, oh, this feeling happened to me, but nothing really happened. You know, now I think we can because us as parents now are so open to that. But before they'd be like, well, did some, did they touch you or did something happen? No. Okay. Well then you're fine. You know, and unfortunately that's not really how it works. So when somebody comes to you that has their, I feel like overt trauma, right? They know like they were raped or they were something, they had a childbirth that was 
-hmm. awful or something like they know they know for sure or they had cancer in those areas you know they know for sure that something has happened to them versus i don't really know what's going on i just know that i feel like i'm blocked in some way yeah how yeah. are you able to determine what's what there yeah so what we call that is like big big t trauma capital t trauma and little t trauma and oftentimes that capital T trauma is really overt, as you said, or obvious. We know something happened uh, that overwhelmed our nervous system in a detrimental way. And then the lowercase t trauma can be on the outside to other people. It can seem really maybe trivial or mundane. Right. I think this is another really really great way to explain the impact of what it means to be in a body, right? We don't have to have a reason to feel the way we feel. We just feel it. And I think it's also really easy for people to compare and be like, well, I had a roof over my head and I had all my meals, like I was fine. And it's like, well, but actually the way your caregiver showed up for you in subtle or not so subtle ways shapes your nervous system and your attachment system and all of these things that are going to drive your ability to thrive or be in survival mode in the world. And so if we can kind of drop the comparison of like, well, they had it worse than me and simply show up and be with the experience in our body, we really get a chance to heal. And for me, it's not really important to know if you had capital T or lowercase t. In fact, I have a lot of clients who prefer to not tell me about their trauma. And it really doesn't matter because we're going to work through it. It's all in your body. And for some people speaking about their trauma, especially in talk therapy, is really challenging. And we now know through research that we can very much be perpetuating the trauma by retelling that story or, you know, overexposing ourselves to every little detail to no avail. So, yeah. Which I think is, again, so cool. I do a modality called Psych K and it's similar to the fact that we don't need to know where the trauma happened in order to heal that or clear it, as we say, compared to something like EMDR or EFT, where you're, you really have to get into that and feel it in order to, to clear it in those ways. And when you're in those situations of knowing that you have something that's blocking you, whether you know it or you don't know it with the subconscious aware or consciously aware, whatever it may be, it's in your body and you just want to have a certain outcome. You want to feel different. I always say, try it all, right? Worst case scenario, you talk to somebody and it doesn't work. Best case scenario, you talk to them and your life is changed forever. And there's been so many times where I've done things where I'm like, I don't really know about this. And I come out the other side, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. I feel so much lighter now. I feel so much better and things just start moving in a different way. And it's so different than going through, like you say, uh, talk therapy which could take years, right? And they they really, the whole idea for most of them is to start from that place of behind versus starting to look forward on that. And I think, especially with fertility, when you're looking for that answer of healing yourself in some way, 
I always say you need all these different aspects. We need the mind, body, spirit, physical, everything to be healing as one. And to discount that that energetic healing, so to speak, if you want to call it, really is forgetting such a major piece. And that nervous system, as you talk about initially, is kind of the roadmap of how our body is operating, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And some of us, I think what I see, and I don't know about you in your practice, is we're so used to operating with our nervous system at a place that's just like cranked on high all the time that you think that's normal. Yes. Yes, exactly, Elizabeth. I'm so glad you're naming that. There are so many people who are more comfortable with their dysregulation than slowing down and being with their feelings. And that's not their fault. That's what we're taught to do. That's the, you know, pond we're swimming in. Like we mm-hmm. are not, we are celebrated for our ability to keep going and do everything through our mind and never be in our body, never drop down and feel our womb space, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really quite profound when you learn how to sit and be with yourself and feel what hasn't been able to be felt because you have been running on dysregulation and survival mode for so long, you don't know what it's like to downregulate, to recalibrate, or maybe you have a little bit of it and you get uncomfortable. Um, So what does womb healing look like when somebody comes to work with you? I really love starting with nervous system healing because I find that, again, that relationship is so symbiotic with our womb. So if we are running on dysregulation, this is inherently going to throw off our endocrine system and the communication and the optimal levels of hormones because they are, again, symbiotic. So if I'm in a survival state, let's say I'm in a chronic freeze all the time, this was me for a long time, my body is pumping out more stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And for example, cortisol and progesterone in the body compete, meaning the higher my cortisol is, the lower my progesterone is going to be. So this is a really adaptive strategy. It's really intelligent, right? If we're, you know, when we were back in the day, when we were cave women, mm-hmm. life was under threat. We needed the cortisol to keep going. And it was not an optimal time to be pregnant. The body knows that. The nervous system knows that. It's designed mm-hmm. to protect us. So if we want to optimize our hormones, we really need to look at the relationship between stress, trauma, dysregulation, and um, how it's impacting our ability to have reproductive health. And Harvard is finally doing a study on this, doing research on this, on how uh, early childhood trauma actually impacts reproductive health when you're looking at things like infertility, endometriosis, and things of that nature. And I'm like, I knew that we all knew this, but thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is pretty cool to see how, and I feel like Harvard in particular, um, oh gosh, what's her name that really pushes a lot of these studies forward. Oh, do you know who's doing that today? I'm, Cause it might be the same, um, same I woman. but I don't know that I don't know her name. Yeah. Anyway, they, they have done quite a few that do the 
the relationship between stress and fertility. Whereas, I mean, obviously coming out of Harvard, what better place can it be? And the fact that, oh gosh, I want to, oh, Domar. Ah. Um, yeah, she does a lot of the, the studies and pushing these types of things forward, which is amazing. Um, but the more that we have that data, I think the more people start to recognize that we aren't just saying you need to calm your body down, you need to relax and whatever. And trust me, I was there. If somebody said, oh, just relax, I would want to punch them in the face. I get it. I've been there. I know the. I know it. Um, but once you understand the data of what's happening to your body with that comment, and most people who make that comment don't understand the full, you know, the why we're being told that. But there is so much beauty to that because the body then opens up in a way that it feels it can. And I think for most of the people that I see, and again chime in if you see it differently they don't even know that they're blocked in this way no no and i think the word stress gets overused because if you have stress you have trauma like that is in mm-hmm. i do think in some ways we have we're overusing the word trauma like i guess kids in high school are claiming that their heavy backpacks are causing them trauma <laughs> So, you know, I just want to name that that is a thing, but they're also on the flip side are a lot of people, a lot of women struggling with infertility who don't consider themselves to be someone who, who, who has trauma because maybe it wasn't the capital T, but it is that lowercase T. Um, So I think it's really, yeah, important to be able to, yeah, investigate, get curious about you know, when do I actually slow down? When do I naturally feel myself relax and recalibrate? Uh, And if you're in a a state of chronic stress, you know, it's hard, it's hard to know that you are because our nervous system wants to experience what is most familiar to it. Well, the the journey itself of trying to have a baby is traumatizing to some. So it may not have been there for you before, but it becomes that. And I think that's another thing that the the Mayo Clinic, another big name that came out in 2013, showed that the stress level of a cancer patient is at the same of a fertility patient. So you are not crazy if you think you are having a hard time with your fertility because the study proved that. But what is interesting is that we still don't feel like we need the help or recognize the level of trauma again not to overuse the word but that you're going through yes and And the more that you get people to help you in whatever way that feels good for you whether it's working with veronica working with a therapist working with whoever if you start to feel that layer come off you and you start to feel a little bit lighter that's working for you and that's that trauma diminishing and and you able to regulate your body in whatever way that will work for you so i think there's so many amazing modalities and ways out there to help to do this and i love having this conversation because i think the more that people are exposed to it and educated about all the things and how it all comes together and how the science and the spiritual side come together the more it starts to click for people and they recognize, oh, okay, maybe I'm going to try this. Maybe Reiki really does work. 
maybe the, you know, and all it takes is for you to have one small shift in any sort of these modalities and you'll be a believer. Trust me, because I've been doing this for a long, long time and it may not happen for you every time. And that's why I say try different things, try different practitioners, try different facilitators and in the things that you feel you gravitate towards, but really know that especially what with Veronica was just saying with the cortisol and the, the progesterone, those are big things that we need to balance, especially when you're trying to have a baby. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to our relationship with our body as women too, because from day one out the door, we're taught that our body is a nuisance that we're supposed to perform as if we are male bodied, like we don't have an infradian rhythm, this whole second biological clock that we're meant to sync with. And then we go into our, our fertility journey, infertility journey, already disconnected from our body. Mm-hmm. We'll get pregnant right away. There's this even more like perpetuates the layers of disconnect and feeling like my body is either bad or it's an object, right? That's right. what we thought from, from day one as little girls. And so how can we come back into relationship with our body so that it doesn't feel like it's working against us because that is a common right experience when when we're when we're moving through our journey with infertility so coming back to befriending your body and even talking to it as if it's as if it's a person as if it is this living being that keeps you alive and that will keep your future children alive and if we're constantly feeling disembodied and like it's it's not it's not on our side that that is that is trauma yeah yeah i always find it interesting when people are like i've been on the pill for x amount of years and now i'm getting off because i want to have a baby and i'm like your poor body has basically been told do not function like you're meant to function and then all of a sudden you want it to switch on and make it make a baby for you like you have to have some grace there to recognize that there is a reason that it functions the way that it does. And, and again, going back to education and learning about your body and your ovulation and all the things and working with your cycle rather than shutting it down, um, I think is the, the better way to go for all directions, whether you're trying to conceive or not, honestly. So, Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of women who were told to take the pill were told this won't impact your fertility. Yeah. Uh, yes. Their providers who they trust. And I'm yeah. not having trust in the relationships, but like, you know, really educating yourself mm-hmm. is such is such a resource. It's so powerful. And being able to trust that you can track your own fertility is also really, really impactful in befriending your body after, you know, being told that you, you can't trust yourself with your own fertility, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. a message that we, we internalize, at least I did. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you for being here. How can everyone find you? Thank you, Elizabeth. So my website is waking-womb.com and I'm also very present on, on social media, on Instagram specifically. So just at waking womb is my name. And I like to share a lot of education there. Uh, so thank you so much. Yes. Well, I just want to say again, if you're listening and you've been trying to conceive and you feel like you've done everything, 
I would say reach out to Veronica, try something new, see how it works for you. And, you know, there's be open and curious, as she said, because there's always something around each corner that can help you get to your path to parenthood. And you might be surprised what that is. So thanks again for being here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.